Hello and welcome to tonight's post game for the Utah Jazz versus the 76ers. What a crazy game that was. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench and just going off. That was an absolute just amazing thing to watch and it shows why Clarkson is such an integral part to this Utah Jazz team. I'm just blown away. The beginning of the game reminded me a lot of when the Jazz played the um, Brooklyn Nets that first game where Kevin Durant was out. So I felt really confident going into that, going into it that the Jazz would be able to win. I mean, Kyrie Irving is a good player, but I didn't expect to see him go off like he did in the first quarter. And tonight, Joel Embiid, definitely the best player on the 76ers, was um, out with back tightness, I believe. And because of that, I expected the Jazz to be able to win it. But man, Ben Simmons came out, and in that first quarter, he gave it all he had. And he really showed why he's an all-star and why he could be, I think, the best player on a championship team if it was built around him. He had 19 points in that first quarter, and it was just something really amazing to see. He, of course, didn't take a three-pointer because Ben Simmons doesn't take three-pointers. And I can get into that on a, I can go down that rant. In the future, not right now, but he was 15 of 26 from the field. So that's solid, just over 50%, really good game from the interior for him. And he was 12 for 13 from the line to score a career high, I believe, 42 points. Now, um, Clarkson led the Jazz with 40 points. He was 6 for 7 from the free throw line, 8 for 13 from three-point range. So well over 50% there. And he had, well, he tied the bogey and Hornacek and um, Rodney Hood and one other former jazz man for the most three-point makes in a game. He was so close. He had some awesome looks to break that with nine. I I can't be happier, though, with how he played. I mean, 13 for 20 from the field overall is just a great game. And he also was able to um, dish out an assist and get a couple steals. Turnovers is what really gave the Jazz the lead that they were able to get in the second quarter. I believe going into halftime, the 76ers had eight turnovers to the Jazz, um, to the Jazz's four. Now, Jazz definitely did the best they could to turn the ball over in the second half. They had seven turnovers in the second half compared to four, the 76ers four, but this is one of the first games that the Jazz didn't win the turnover battle, that they didn't lose the turnover battle. Um, they only had 11 to set the 76ers 12. Super happy with that and just really great to see um, the Jazz have a comeback win. I know that they got the lead at some point in the second quarter and kept it for the rest of the game, but coming back de- back from down double digits in the NBA is hard and they came back from down nine against the Miami heat on last Saturday. And they came back from 14 today. This just shows why the Utah jazz are one of the best teams in the NBA and have the best record is they play with heart and they play to win every game. So just could not be happier with how the jazz played tonight as a unit. Um, still missing Mike, but they're definite, but Joe is definitely taking over and showing why he can be um, a great role player on a title team. I think there was a lot of concern with him after the first eight games this year, I believe, when he was just 
really struggling from behind the arc and just turning the ball over. But after he got those three, four games of rest to get his Achilles um, taken care of, he's been absolutely on fire. And I need to um, later go through and look at his statistics and what he's been averaging since he's come back. Since I don't think his stats for the year really reflect who he's been for the team just because of how dominant he's been after he broke his Ironman streak and took some rest. Plus minus overall in the night. Um, Really, it was a close game. Jazz won by 11, double digits. So I believe that's 15 out of their last 20 games they've won by double digits. I'm probably a couple numbers off on that, but, um, yeah, only plus two for O'Neal highest in the plus minus is going to be Clarkson and Oni who are both plus nine coming off the bench, but you really don't need that when you're just playing a consistently good game. Like they did. I mean, I can't say it enough how happy I I am with how they've played. And the big key in this game was three point shots and free throws. The Jazz took 31 free throws to the 76ers, 24. Um, Jazz made 26, 76ers made 21. So that's plus five for the Jazz right there. And the 76ers um, took eight more shots than the Jazz, but only made two more shots. And had had they had some more threes, it would have been a different ball game. But when the Utah Jazz shoot 40% from behind the arc on 18 of 45 shooting, almost doubling up, um, the number of shots, three-point shots taken since the 76ers scored, um, shot 23 three-pointers and more than doubling up the makes. Um, this Philly shot eight of 23 for 30, for just shy of 35%. This is why the NBA is moving towards the three ball. It's just so much more effective. It doesn't matter that the 76ers made more shots. They didn't make nearly as many threes as the Jazz. And because of that, the Utah Jazz showed that they were able to be the better team and win tonight. So I'll get here to the comments in a second. If you can leave a like on the video, if you haven't quite yet, that would be awesome. That just helps other people um, find our videos um, either after the fact or when they're live and helps us get more people on so we can just have longer and more in-depth jazz conversations. So I'm going to grab a drink here real quick and then I'll get to the comments. Awesome. So let's go here. So, um, Chan Turk said game of the year, man, this was really big. I don't, there's been some other great wins for the jazz. I think that both of their wins against the bucks, I would put over this one, especially how they didn't have Embiid tonight. And while I still think the Jazz would have won, not having Embiid was definitely a positive in Utah's favor. But yeah, game of the year. And Clarkson, can't say it enough, coming out and showing why he's the sixth man of the year. You're not supposed to be able to score 40 if you're coming off the bench, especially not if you're 24 or 25, however old Clarkson is. That's not supposed to happen. But he came out and he did it with just absolute style. What a game. Yeah. No break. Lucky three said, what a game by Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, absolutely. He is sixth man of the year. No questions asked. Favorite quote of the day. Milwaukee's um, Bobby Portis was asked by a fan or a fan said, you're going to win sixth man of the year. And Bobby Portis said something along the lines of like, 
you can't mess with Jordan Clarkson right now. He's going to win. So when other candidates are saying Jordan Clarkson deserves to win, that's how you know he's legit. Um, Carter says, I wish Conley would be back. Same. I, I don't know if we're going to see him back against the, um, against the Clippers. It's just really hard to bring a starter back, bring someone with significant minutes back in a game that that's that vital, especially how Paul George is guaranteed to be out um, Wednesday, Friday, and Kawhi Leonard probably isn't going to play both of those games, if either of them. So it's absolutely a trap game for the Jazz. It would... I really want to see them beat Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but hey, if you win these two games, no matter who you're playing, you get the tie break, and that's really big when you know, the one seed is honestly, I believe, a guaranteed ticket to the Western Conference Finals for the Jazz this year. So it stinks, but I will take the wins where we can get them, and not going to wish for anyone to be injured, but you've got to win what, the games you can win. Um, Bojan was the other one not sure what that one's referring to um, Chan Thurik if you want to give me a bit more context I'll get to that a bit later it makes me sad Simmons career high is now against the Jazz yeah that is disappointing but the Jazz play team basketball and one thing about the Jazz ever since Donovan Mitchell's been here is and even before Donovan Mitchell was here they'll let whatever player wants to put up major numbers, put up major numbers. I mean, there was Kobe Bryant's final game where he put up 60 plus and the jazz only lost by like three or four points because if the jazz force one player on the other team to put up that many points, that's not going to beat the jazz. What's going to beat the jazz is a team approach and then being able to have multiple players put up significant points. And while Tobias Harris was able to put up 36 tonight, you didn't see other, um, you didn't see anybody else on the 76ers really have a game worth talking about. Dwight Howard was all right with 14 and so was Seth Curry. But I mean, 25 points from those guys doesn't really help when you, when nobody else is close to double digits it doesn't matter that you had um, your two leading scorers combined for 78 points when the when you know the Jazz's two leading scorers combined for 60, 64, three leading scorers combined for um, 84, and then you had three other players with 11 giving you, I mean, 33 more points. So that's why the Jazz won tonight is they had a more well-rounded performance. They didn't need um, a couple players going for 30 plus to win the game. What Simmons did to us makes me worry about LeBron. I think that's fair. He definitely came down the hill fast, and that's one thing LeBron is able to do. He's able to drive like an absolute beast. One thing that um, Ben Simmons has on LeBron is he has a couple of inches. And if you go back and watch the tape, what Ben Simmons did to beat Rudy Gobert is to lay the ball high off the glass, just a solid 18 inches uh, above the square. And I don't know if LeBron James has that touch to get it that high off the glass and have it bounce in. We'll, we'll get to see the 24th if LeBron can take advantage of us like that. But I wouldn't be too concerned because I think Ben Simmons' touch is something special that um, really nobody else in the league except for maybe Nikola Jokic has. Do you remember when people thought the Jazz were going to finish 10 and, 10 and 6? Yeah, um... I am just so floored at where the Jazz are at right now. What is it? It's 
it's 22 and five or is it 23 and five? I, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but they now have a two game lead um, on the Lakers for the one seed. And I believe a four game lead on the Clippers that could change depending on how their game goes tonight. But talk about something special, just Utah, just continuing to go out there and when people doubt them and they think they're going to drop some games just to win them. That four and four start was really disappointing this year, but Hey, I mean, you can't just go change the four and four start. All you can do is, um, win the games that you have in front of you. And that's what they've won. They've absolutely dominated except for the one game where (laughs) Jokic just absolutely went just to a, to a supernatural level. And I know he can do that again, but I don't know if he'll do it against the jazz enough for that to be a pro a problem they have in the future. Um, tough game tighter than the final score may suggest from your man is screwed. Yeah, th- definitely tighter. I do think, and games in the NBA are typically tight. If you go up by double digits, you pretty much always win in the NBA. Obviously both teams were up by double digits. So someone had to lose tonight. But yeah, it's going to get close and the 76ers are a good team and it, so the Jazz can get up by 16 points or whatever their um highest lead of the game was, but you always have to worry about the 76ers coming back, but they weren't able to sustain that run to get the lead and win it. So happy to see that the Jazz are able to do that now, able to go on runs and sustain them versus which is what they did in the second in the first and second quarter to take that lead. If the Jazz were down by 14 points earlier in the season, the game would have been over guaranteed. But tonight they showed us where they've improved as a unit. So let's see the next one. We closed out the game well from Carter Berge. Absolutely. We totally did. Um, I just accidentally scrolled down a bit too far. Sorry guys. Um, Let me make sure I'm not skipping any of these. Dang, I scrolled down way too far. Um, Clarkson for Exum is the greatest trade in Utah Jazz history. I have a... um, It is definitely the best bang for your buck trade in Utah Jazz history. I'm not as well schooled on um, former trades that have been made. Since, I mean, Mitchell uh, Mitchell and Gobert were both obtained via trades. So those are definitely big and Mike Conley trade is looking big right now, but yeah, it is definitely probably one of the most valuable trades in Utah jazz history. You gave up Exum who sadly has just way too many injuries and a second round pick for a six man of the year who is going to be really vital come playoff time. I want the Lakers to play their, their full potential when they play the jazz on the 24th. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see Davis at his full potential. That is really disappointing. I think it would, it's really important to see that game as soon as possible. And I, I wish we could see it. I don't know if we're going to, but fingers crossed that AD gets healthy and that Utah is able to have a great matchup against Los Angeles. Now, if we do beat the Lakers, everyone, um, this is from Carter Berge. Now, if we do beat the Lakers, everyone will just use the, they didn't have a D excuse. Yeah, they will, but we beat the Lakers and I'll take it. And if we're just going to get trashed on by the national media, as long as we're winning, I don't really care. They're not watching the jazz. To be honest, as much as I respect a lot of people in the national media, 
they're not going through and analyzing numbers the way that local media does and the way that basketball experts do. They, I mean, you can't just do that for 30 teams. I'm not going to come out and say a bunch of different, well, I do say definitive things about other teams, but you should go look and listen to people in those markets because if I trash another team, I don't have nearly as good of an understanding. So yeah, people don't know how well the jazz are playing. People think that the jazz are going to just drop in three point shooting. And while it would be crazy for them to finish at over 40% as a team and they might drop to 39%. I think that the Utah Jazz this year are barring something crazy happening will be the best three-point shooting team in the history of the National Basketball Association. That's how good they are and that's how much of what they're doing is not a fluke in any way. When you have six players who can shoot the three at a 40% clip, I mean um yeah, six players and then Niang who can also do it as long as he gets into rhythm. You're just going to be unstoppable. That's seven of your nine rotation guys being able to hit threes. The two who can't are Gobert and Favors, which is totally fine. So this is just a special season for the Jazz from behind the arc. Um, Sean Dislander says, how much of a different game do you, th- do you think Embiid has to this game? That's really hard to say because if Embiid's in the game, Ben Simmons doesn't score 42 points. And that's why I have a problem with it, with um, Simmons not being able to hit three-pointers is if you have Embiid who needs to be inside and he's your team's best player, you need to surround him with people who can shoot three-pointers. That's why the Jazz are the best team, um, are the third best team offensively in the NBA right now, even with Gobert, who people say is an offensive liability, which I disagree with. But when Gobert is able to swing it out to the arc and any other player on the court with him, unless you're playing the Wasatch front with D faves can hit the three pointer that helps. And because Ben Simmons can't do that, I just don't think he matches up well with Joel Embiid, And I don't think that duo can win a championship. So excuse me. I don't know if I don't know how big of a difference it would have been, but you would not have seen Ben Simmons put up 42. He only put up 42 tonight and has his career high because Embiid wasn't playing. How do you think we will do against the Clippers? I think we're going to win. I mean, Kawhi's Kawhi is pro- Paul George is definitely going to be out and Kawhi might be out. So even without Conley, we might drop one of the two, but I'm gar- I'm confident we'll win one. And I really think we have a chance of winning two. There's eight more games before the all-star break, right? And I think the worst case scenario is the Jazz going five, is winning five of those eight. But right now, I see them winning six or seven. So they're going to go into the all-star break with at least a one-game lead on the Lakers and a five or six-game lead on the third-place Clippers. But yeah, they're just on fire right now, and it's not a fluke. I It does stink that we're going to be playing this gauntlet where it seems like every team, like Celtics are missing smart. Um, can't remember who the Bucks were missing, but we were missing Conley. I don't know if uh, Miami was missing anyone, but overall, it stinks to not be able to see how we do against those players. But the Jazz are winning by double digits, so those players definitely make a big swing. But it's not like the Jazz are eking out wins. We would be 20 for 20 if it weren't for Denver shoot, um, shooting out of their minds. Yeah, I do. 
I do think the Jazz need to learn from Denver shooting out of their minds. There was definitely some luck there, but it wasn't a fluke. So, well, there was luck there, but Denver's built to be able to do that, and Jokic is that good. So, I really think the next couple games we have against Denver in the second half of the season, it will be important to see the Jazz course correct and be able to make sure they can guard Jokic while not just letting um, Murray or some or Porter go off. We'll see how they're able to do. Um, but yeah, it would be 20 of 20, which is just absolutely mind-boggling that the Jazz are playing that well and just at that level. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Lou said. Um, he just, they're just saying that um, Jazz would have won with Joel Embiid because Harris and Ben wouldn't have scored as many as they did. That Boomers lineup with Simmons and Jingles is going to be deadly. Yeah, I totally forgot that um, Simmons is Australian. I'm excited to see what happens this um, this year in the Olympics. It'll be, I mean, Ben Simmons is great, and you have Joel, um, Dante Exum, who hopefully he's healthy and able to play along with Ingles. It's super, just awesome to see so much great basketball coming out of Australia. Joe um, Coulter Gansky says Joe Ingles is having a great season. Couldn't agree more. Um, Francis John release. I really want Utah Jazz to sign Shaquille O'Neal right now for him to experience the fun and excitement. <laughs> yeah, let's let's reach out. Let's see if he wants to compete with Gobert for some starting minutes right now. And he finishes it off with, "Man, it's awesome watching our team ball in." I, we just have to revel in the moment. The Jazz might not win the title this year. They might not make it to the Western Conference Finals. They're definitely on track to do it and capable of it. But crap happens. And this is special. It's special to see this team and to see what they can do. So even if this season doesn't end up living to up to the expectations we have right now, just seeing that, yes, there is a chance for a title to come to Salt Lake. There's a chance for that to happen sooner rather than later. There's a chance to relive the glory days of the 90s. And it can all be happening right now, especially when seven, eight years ago, you had Ty Corbin and the Jazz were in a rebuild and things just weren't going well after Jerry Salone um, and D and D Will had their spat and the Jazz just weren't going in a direction that we really wanted to see. And then Gordon Hayward left and went to Boston. And it looked like the Jazz were just going to enter the rebuild again. And then you have a player who's just as special as Donovan is. Not just what he can do on the court, but what he does off the court in the locker room and in the community. And it's just amazing to really see what Jazz DNA is. I know there are some people in the industry who don't like the phrase Jazz DNA. But there is something special about this team, and there's something super special about the players on it. The fact that you can have Jordan Clarkson, who plays iso ball, who's not the type of player you'd expect to succeed in the pick-and-roll style that the Jazz have always played for the past 30 years. For him to come in and be who he is and do what he's done, just because even if he doesn't always pass the ball, there's just a level of selflessness to his play that's hard to describe if you're not watching it every night. Shows the amazing thing we've got going here in the state. No, my flow, do you honestly believe the Jazz can win the championship? I honestly believe in the way that the Raptors won the championship that the Jazz can win the championship. The Jazz have a superstar 
level player in Donovan Mitchell who can go out in the playoffs and put up 50 points. He's done it multiple times. And when the Raptors won, they had the ball bounce the right, the right way about a million times. And if you don't believe me, go watch Kawhi's um, game winner to end the series against the 76ers. That ball was on the rim forever. Do I think the Jazz are the best team like I thought the Lakers were last year? No. Do I think the Jazz have that level of talent and level of ability to play? Yes. And again, we've been saying it. Me and Dale have been saying it. February 24th, mark your calendars. Even without AD, the Jazz have to be able to show that they can compete with the Lakers and do it at a high level. If they don't have AD, I want to see, I really feel like I need to see them win by double digits to just really lock that in for me. But hey, if the Jazz play like they are right now, get the one seed like 538 predicts that they'll get. Um, Let's just go to projected record. They project that the Clippers and Lakers will tie for the two seed and that the Jazz will get the one seed with a three-game lead in the West. That's absolutely bonkers. If the Jazz get that one seed, then the Lakers and Clippers are going to end up beating up on each other in the Western Conference um, semis. And that'll be big because hopefully the Jazz can come in more rested with home court advantage. So yeah, I don't think that the Jazz could be put anywhere in the standings and go through both the Clippers and the Lakers. I'm not confident in them being able to do that and win, but I am confident and if they get the one seed and the ball bounces right, right, that they can do it. They're not, you know, they're not coming from the eighth seed trying to win. They're coming from the top, needing a few things to go correctly, but they can still win. And that's what blows my mind is they're contenders this year in a way that I've never seen them before in my living memory because I don't count my first few months of life in 98 when they were playing the Bulls. Oh, Weston Harvey, I missed your question. If you want to um, just leave a new question down in your chat, in the chat, I'll make sure to answer it. Sorry about that. The scrolling can be um, obnoxious. So, um, JazzFan987 says, the Lakers won the championship for Kobe last year. Do you think the Jazz can win it for Jerry? I don't know how much it would be for Jerry. I mean, LeBron had a really close relationship with Kobe. I'm sure Dwight Howard did on some level, and I don't know what Anthony Davis's relationship was. It would be awesome to say it was for Jerry. I, I don't really think there's anyone in the organization anymore other than the Millers and who really have connections to Jerry. But it would be awesome to see them being able to do that in his memory and to bring something for to the state of Utah that Jerry fought so hard to do and put in so much work and is, and is one of the best coaches in the history of the NBA. And it's special. I don't know how many other teams you can look at and say two of their last three coaches have, has been the best the NBA has to offer. And Quinn Snyder still has a lot to prove, but it would take Quinn Snyder imploding for me to not put him up there as one of the best coaches in NBA history. He needs a title to really enter that upper echelon, but man, Quinn is a special coach. What would you say the percentage odds for the title are? Oh, that's hard. I'm not... I'll go up and say 30%. I mean, it's something that is definitely possible, but does require... not. Not the most likely scenario. 
at least in my mind right now. And who knows, maybe the Jazz are going to play the Lakers and not miss a beat. And if they don't miss a beat against the Lakers, it goes up in my mind to, you know, near 50%, at least getting there. And I guess 30% is my odds to get to the title game this year. I'd be lower, probably around 20, 23% to, um, well, not title game to the finals, 20, 23% to win that. Um, just, just a bit lower. Um, Whitney Turner says people are saying that if we get to the championship, we'll be at a disadvantage no matter how well we are doing because none of our players have ever been in that environment before. Do you agree? No. I mean, who do you have in the East who might be able to make it there? So you have the Bucks, never been there. 76ers, never been there. Nets, Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Durant have been there. Celtics, no one's ever been there. Raptors, probably not going to make it, but I mean, they've been there. So I, I disagree with that premise entirely. The Nets would be scary for us to play, and I'll be really interested to see what happens in our neck with when we play them next time. And if they also have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden and how we do, I Jared Allen and Kyrie Irving torched us in New York. Um, last time we played them, but they don't have Jared Allen anymore and they don't have any defense. So it's going to be an offensive shootout. If the jazz are able to stop Kyrie and Harden and Durant, which is going to be difficult they'll definitely be in a position to win that game. So Nets are the scariest team. We're built to beat the Bucks. We beat the Sixers tonight, but I mean, there's still more to be told on if Joel's able to um, be on the team and be healthy. I don't think he'll be healthy long enough for them to make it there. So if it's the Bucks or Celtics, I think we can beat them. If it's the Nets, I'm not entirely sure. I would want to see how we face up against them on the as a defense. Um, what do you think of the power ranking number one? So I'm pretty sure, and that's from Weston Harvey. That's the comment I missed. So what do I think of them being number one on the power rankings? I think that who else can you have right there? The Lakers definitely have the talent, but they haven't shown the ability to come out consistently and dominate when you, when three of your last four or five games have been won in overtime and you're down 22 to 20 against the Memphis Grizzlies, even though you win all of those games, that's just concerning um, overall. So I think the Jazz should be number one. I do think for the people who don't have them as number one, I do understand the argument that they're um, main, that they're more so predicting the end of the season and they want to see a bit more from the Jazz. But if you are doing what I think power rankings are meant to be and you're doing this is the best team in the league right now, Utah Jazz are number one full stop. There might be questions, there might be concerns, but they're winning and they're winning handily. So it's not like they're overtime games or or they're buzzer beaters. The Jazz have played the least amount of clutch minutes in the NBA this year. That is something that is bonkers and I that's insane. I would assume most teams that play the least amount of clutch minutes on a given year are teams that are losing all of their games and never competing. So the fact that you're the best team in the league record wise and have scored the least and have played the least amount of clutch minutes just shows how amazing the Utah, uh, the Utah jazz are as a collective unit. Um, what is the key to doing well in the playoffs this year to continue the form we are in? I, 
That's a great question. I mean, obviously, the concerns about people are comparing us to the 2015 Atlanta Hawks, which is a fair comparison in the sense that we are a team that plays team basketball. When I look at that team, I don't see any superstar level players like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are. So I think that we have um, definitely a bit of a better outlook based on that. But I think we need to keep being who we are as a team going into it. And what typically happens is the playoffs become superstar basketball. But I think that the Jazz are playing so well collectively as a unit that while maybe Donovan might have to put up big numbers, that really, if you're passing the ball and hitting three-point shots like this, I don't think you need to default to superstar ball. So that's my take. I think we just have to keep doing what we're doing and not let the game degenerate into Donovan Mitchell just take doing one-on-one as long as the Jazz keep playing five-on-five basketball. I think that um, that'll be their best strategy to winning. Um, your questions aren't annoying at all, Weston. I really, it's so amazing that we, we were up to 28 at one point. We're at 25 right now, 20 likes on the video. This is just so great to um, have all of you watching right now and in the chat. Really just absolutely amazing. I, Dale and I are super excited. We're way on track to be at 500 by the All-Star break. I think we're going to have to move our sub goal up a bit, but if you haven't dropped a like yet, please drop a like and please sub, sub to the channel. We're always putting out these post-game analysis, uh, analysis and we'll always bring you our, at very minimum, one video on the weekend, if not another video we drop in the middle of the week. So if you're a Utah Jazz fan, this is the place to come and just get some more Utah Jazz analysis. Um, okay, let's make sure that... Okay, know my flow. Donovan has shot 6 from 29 from 3 in the last 3 games. What will it take for... Um, to stop being inconsistent from three. So let's put it. So six of 23 is 25%. Um, what's his stat on the year is closer to 40. I think if you notice actually that none of the jazz players are super consistent from three, what's happening is the jazz are getting up 40 plus shots and they're having some players have lights out nights, like going seven for nine and other players having mediocre nights, like going one for four. So, yeah, Donovan hasn't been that consistent, but he's had but in other games there um the other jazz players have been picking up the three-point slack. So when you look at us more of a collective unit, it's been a lot better. Also, I think that let's see, the last four games including tonight. So you had the Bucks whose goal in the second half of um Friday night's game was to stop us from shooting threes. And they did that. I mean, they let Gobert score 27 in the paint and Joe dominated in the paint as as well. So didn't really stop the Jazz from getting inside. And then Miami was just a hard game. You could tell that the Jazz were tired from the Bucks game. And they pulled it together with some horrendous three-point shooting in that game. So, yeah, he needs to get more consistent and he'll continue to improve. But I think consistency is something you see more from the team as a collective because you have um, players shooting above and below average that average out to the 40%. Versus having Donovan always hitting 40% every night. Definitely, um, as he gets older, makes more of the, takes more of those shots, he'll improve. But he's the second best catch and three-point shooter in the league since he's come in. Behind um, 
behind someone on the net. Name just slipped my mind, but I've got to give credit to him. So Donovan is one of the better three-point shooter shooters in the league, even though he's not given a lot of credit for it. So I I don't I think it'll just come to him and he'll improve. But right now, collectively as a team, our three-point shooting is amazing on most nights. Um, Delaguero, Renz, Ryan, what do you think about JC? Is he an all-star pedigree? He's an all-star if we were in the East. And that's that's definitely saying it for Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, and um, JC. Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, there's no excuse to put not put him in the all-star game. I just think he's a lock in the East and because of it being a popularity contest, it's a bit harder for him to get in in the West. It's hard. Um, it's hard to make it in as a bench player. I really think it depends a lot on if the jazz are me and Dale keep saying, we don't know if we know Quinn will be the coach. If they're the one seed, we need to look and see if Quinn decides the, um, who he gets to bring. I would be really happy to see him there. I think the West is so deep that the most Jazz fans can hope for is Mike Conley coming. But I definitely do think that Clarkson is deserving of a spot, whether he gets it or not. Um, so who's my favorite player on the Utah Jazz? That's a great question. I think it's Donovan, just because of how amazing of a person he is. But I just love this team. I was talking today about how, like, there's no one on the team that I wouldn't want to see. Let me, sorry guys, I'm going to plug in my computer real quick. I didn't, should have done that before. There's no one on this team that I don't want to see win um, a championship. Like there have been times in the past when it's like, maybe you're not my favorite player and I don't like this, but this team as a whole just has so much chemistry and is just super special. So I don't necessarily have a favorite player. The only player who... The only player on the roster I'd consider trying to upgrade from is possibly Nyang, but I still absolutely love Nyang. And so when you have just a solid nine guy rotation like this, it's something special to be able to watch and see. Um, okay, what's okay? Who's okay? Um, we have JazzFan987. I think the Jazz's schedule release on their YouTube channel best describes their season. <laughs> I loved that schedule release. That was just so fun to see it in an animated um format. If you haven't got a chance to look at go take a go do a quick watch and it's a lot of fun. Um Godhook says JC is the man. Absolutely. What do you think is the Jazz's floor slash ceiling this year? So floor I'm going to say three um three seed without injuries and that involves just some fluke stuff happening ceiling is um one seed when it comes to rankings and it's making it to the finals and frankly i think that the western conference finals against the lakers depending on how we end up matching up against the nets would be the harder gate series of those two and that's what you've seen a lot in the nba of late i mean the western conference team has been the better team hands down the last five six years at least, and the only reason Toronto won, as much as I loved Kawhi and was cheering for them to to win it, is because of the Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson injuries. And, and I don't think that that takes away from the title that they got, because that was a risk that Golden State willingly took when they um signed three, when they gave out some really big contract contracts and gave Steph the supermax, is they gave up their depth and that cost them a title there. 
But I mean, the West hands down is the better team. No questions asked. If I, when you look at it and um, it takes going down to the 10 or the 11 seed to get down to the teams that are, um, I'm slightly exaggerating, but when you look at where the 500 cutoff is in the West versus where the 500 cutoff in the East is, you can just tell West, teams in the West are playing way better than teams in the East, and they're winning over 60% of the matchups so far this year. And that's why I think it could be harder to make, make it through the Western Conference Finals than it is to win the title this year. Um, Weston Harvey, thank you so much for subscribing. Um, Rez, Renz Ryan says, other teams didn't think about the Jazz bench. That's why Utah had more wins. Yeah. Jazz bench is just absolutely at another level this year. Last year, um, it was one of the worst benches in the league. And then Jordan Clarkson came and the Jazz offense from that point to, to the bubble was the best offense in the NBA. And while, yeah, they didn't play the top defenses over that stretch, it still shows how much of a spark Clarkson brings off the bench. And it's actually interesting. The Jazz defense is still struggling, even with Favors as a ba- the backup center. It's definitely, I think, better, no matter what the numbers say with him there. But offensively, Favors is good enough, even if he's not averaging that many points. The help that he brings on that end allows the Jazz to outscore the other benches. And that's why, even if the starters are struggling, like they, even if the starters are struggling, the Jazz are going to win because their bench is going to come in and pick up the slack. And it's more than just Jordan Clarkson. It's Joe Ingles when he's not starting. And it's special to see what they've been able to do and how Favors has been able to just round out this team along with Jordan Clarkson. I truly just think that those are two of the best moves the Jazz have made in recent memory. And it's really helped them like lean into this thing as a title content as a major title contender this year. Oh shoot. I just scrolled down all the way. Oops. Let's, um, let's make sure we get back to the right spot. We're tired tonight too. Third game in four nights. Yikes. We were, we might've been tired, but we were definitely not as tired as we were against Miami. The Jazz had their legs tonight and they played a lot better than they have the last couple games. We're traveling to Los Angeles and thankfully we're not playing the Clippers back to back on back to back nights. We've got that rest day with no travel. So yeah, Jazz definitely need to make it to the All-Star break. They are getting exhausted. And that if they lose games, I think it might be more to do with exhaustion than it is to do with um, them not being capable of winning that as a team. Does Quinn Snyder deserve Coach of the Year? Yeah. He's doing what Mike Tantoni wanted to do and tried to do for years um, on the Rockets. And he's doing it better just flipping a switch like that in the uh so yeah Quinn Snyder is coach of the year um Jordan Clarkson is sixth man of the year those are virtual locks for me the only thing that isn't a virtual lock just based on the fact that winning awards as many times as Gobert has winning in the defensive player of the year in back-to-back years is hard and even though there's been a year break, it would be hard for him to win it this year, not based on his ability as a defender, but based on just like being able to continue winning that award. So I think that Rudy is the best defensive player in the league, whether or not he win it, he wins it. So that's three of the five or six end of season awards right now that I think the Jazz are going to win, which is crazy just to, to see that and 
um, MVP isn't going to go to a Jazz player unless Donovan like started going for 30-plus and everyone kept their numbers the same. But, man, with how the Jazz are playing, you could have... And I say, I always talk about Donovan winning the MVP because while Rudy is our most valuable player based on like what he brings to the team and he's the one I'd be most afraid of losing, he, a defensive player just isn't going to win the MVP in today's day and age, even if they truly are the most valuable player. And yes, Giannis last year was the defensive player of the year and the MVP, but he also had more of a statistical offensive game and Gobert is amazing on the offensive end for what the Jazz do it just doesn't show up in the box score and you need those flat you need a flashy box score to win the MVP that's just how the league is and I don't necessarily fault them for it because typically it's not like they snub somebody when they choose the MVP they do choose someone who truly is deserving Oh, Chan Thurk said Joe Harris. Yes, he is the best catch and shoot three pointer, um, three point shooter in the league since Donovan's entered. But man, when I learned that Donovan was the second best, absolutely blew my mind. Um, Jazz fan ninety seven. I might need to DM James again. Um, don't harass him or anything. We're we're reaching out to him. Thank you guys so much for just letting him know. That way, it's not just some random channel reaching out and there's a few more dots for him to connect. But thank you guys so much for reaching out to him. We're fingers crossed that we can get something in the works here soon. Um, Black and Red HD says, this chemistry reminds me of the 07-08 team, but on crack. So I was, what, um, in elementary school in the that year, so I don't remember how special that team was. The Jazz definitely had uh, a lot of help. I believe they were the four seed going into the playoffs. But um, Golden State set up up the eighth seed, upset the one seed in the Dallas Mavericks. So being able to go and play the eighth seed in the second round helps. And then they were playing the third seed in the Spurs. So definitely the ball bouncing the right way. But that was a special team who I wish we had been able to see more of. But yeah, this chemistry is just something special and it's always more evident on just offensive powerhouse games like tonight. No, my flow says compared to last year, this team is like night and day. I thought we would be good, but no way I would guess 23 and five through the first 28, 28 games. What do you think clicked in their heads to be this good? I think they just started. That's a great question since yeah, I, I don't know what clicked in their heads. I do know what, if you listen to what reporters say, they were hearing from the coaching staff after the Jazz um, improved their record to 5-4 and four on dominating the Bucks in Milwaukee. They said, this is, the, they know how to play now. And yeah, they've known, they know how to play after that game. They've only lost the one. I think that if you watch the difference between the hustle plays, just nights like tonight where, yeah, they had three offensive boards on one possession. And they didn't score, but the hustle to get that. O'Neal has, I think something definitely clicked with O'Neal. Just his defense has, he just has found out how to defend. The first eight games of the year was, we need to get rid of O'Neal. We need to get rid of O'Neal. And yeah, I would like someone who was maybe a bit more athletic of a wing. But, hey, O'Neal 
is doing absolutely amazing right now, and we can't discredit that. And the fact that when he's your fifth offensive option and he's shooting over 40% from three and getting seven or eight rebounds a game, that's something special. So O'Neal coming into form and Joe Ingles resting and coming back out on fire definitely, definitely helped. Donovan and Rudy bring a lot of heart to the team, but man, when your bench and your um, third and fourth options and your fifth options are bringing this type of energy, it's just contagious. There's not a jazz player on the floor any given night who doesn't have that energy. And I think a lot of it is because if you're feeling down, you can look out down the bench and see three, four guys just happy to be there. So when everyone's happy to be there, that definitely just brings a lot more unison to the team. Um, what do you think of JC's ceiling? Man, it's interesting, right? Because you have JJ Redick and somebody else's name who's escaping me right now, who are just two of the best six men of all time and are in the league. There is it Tobias Harris? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's Tobias Harris, but I'll be really interested to see if at some point he decides I want to go and try to be a starter. I don't know how successful he would be at that. Clarkson's defense has definitely improved immensely this year, and he hustles on that end of the ball. But there's just something special about a sixth man who can come out in limited minutes compared to other players and be able to get into a rhythm and get on fire. So I think his ceiling is averaging 20-plus points a game as a bench player um, and being able to like do that consistently. And there are plenty of good starters in this league who don't average 20 points a game. So yeah, he can be that guy. He might want to try to be more at one point in his career. I don't know if that would be the best move for his success, but I definitely have started to respect more players for going out there and fighting for what they want and just trying to better themselves and not always looking for the best championship opportunity. But uh, for the bench, I think he can grow to be one of the most iconic sixth men of NBA history. He's that special and I don't see any signs of him slowing down. It's I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think that um, anything he's doing is he's doing is just gonna end. I think he's at fifty three or fifty four games in a row with a three point shot. He's really amazing, and I'll be I'm excited to see where his career takes him. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a championship at some point, just because of how good of a sixth man he is. And even if it's not with the Jazz and he moves on sometime, I think he's a piece that championship contenders are going to want just for the offensive value he brings. Um, I keep accidentally scrolling down too much. I need to find a way to to fix this. Um, Gimbert, Gobert did not do well tonight. Why? Um, let me look at Gobert's stat line specifically. So he put up 11 points. Okay, he shot 5 of 8. He was over 500 from the free throw line. Gotta give him credit for that. And that was a bad night as of late. He's definitely improved on his shooting. So, what was his... I mean, he was 3 of 3 from the field. Um, My camera just disappeared. So, if there's a problem and you guys can't see me, please let me know in the chat. Um... But if you can still see me on my camera, then I'll keep going and I don't have to see myself to be able to have a good, um, to be able to have a fun night. So what's, sorry. Um, I think that some nights 
I don't think he did bad tonight. I just don't think he didn't do a, I just think he didn't do amazing. So yeah. And like I said earlier, I don't, some people might not have been on the stream, but Ben Simmons had some amazing touch and he can put it high off the glass. So that's definitely something that's super special that he's able to do. And I'm super um, excited. Well, I, I mean, you're just not going to see Ben Simmons do that frequently. So I'm just going down to be, oh, dang it. Did my phone, did my camera just die? Let me check something out here. Well, that's problematic. Um, hey, if you guys want to stay on for the audio only version, let's see if I can get this fixed without having to end the stream. Um, can I edit something live? Sorry about this, guys. I really did not want this to happen. Um, where are we at? Well, really did not want the stream to end this way. Um, thank you everyone for staying. Hopefully, so that edit button doesn't work. Um, okay. So yeah, that's my thought on Gobert. Ben Simmons was just special and he was able to, um, he was able to just have a great night overall. So super, I mean, he's just a talented player and it's awesome to see. So sorry guys for the audio only version, but it looks like enough people are going to say that we can keep going on. So, um, <laughs> okay. Where are we at? Um, um, James Hansen, he's another YouTuber writes for SLC dunk. Great guy. That's just answering who is James to Sawyer Parker. Um, when can the jazz get an MVP? I don't know. I don't, what makes the jazz amazing is their team style of play. And it will, be, it's hard for me to, it'll be interesting to see how the jazz evolve. I really don't, know if I need them to win an MVP to feel like they're title contenders with what they're doing right now. Um, it really sucks that Corona is a thing and we don't have a home advantage as the first seed. I do think that right now, from what I've been hearing that having, um, the near 4,000 fans is still an advantage since we get loud here in Utah. I am hopeful. There's some optimism that maybe let's see finals is going to be in July this year. That come July, their vaccinations might be prominent enough that we could have a 50% or, I mean, even a full capacity arena. So really excited and hope that the Jazz will be able to do that. Um, but we'll get to see. Do you think the haters will say that the only reason the Jazz won the championship is because of COVID? I'd be lying if I said that COVID hasn't helped the Jazz a tiny bit. Um, it's definitely helped them that there is not a single player who has seen significant minutes on the Jazz this year that, um, that what am I trying to say? That hasn't played at least a season, well, other than Clarkson, that hasn't played on the Jazz for at least a season. There was some getting used to favors, but most players have done that now, and favors is used to the system. So that's an advantage for the Jazz. And let's just be honest here. The Jazz have had a lot of luck with health. Um, you've had Donovan out for two games, Joe out for four games, Conley coming up out for eight games. But when you've only had 16 players miss a game, well, 16 games missed by players, that's insane and nobody out for COVID. So that's something that has helped the Jazz this year. 
But you can't say that the Jazz aren't a special team and everyone has to deal with COVID. So if the Jazz are doing better than other teams, like they deserve that win. Um, Sawyer Parker asked, how do I think they will do against the Clippers? I think that they definitely are going to be favored in both. I answered that a bit earlier in their stream. Uh, they don't, Clippers aren't going to have Paul George, might not have Kawhi Leonard both games. So Jazz overall are going to be able to slay it, I think. They might lose a game, but... I honestly think they can win both and take that tie break against the Clippers, which is super big. Um, so there's only 12 teams over 500. Is that in the league as a whole? Dang. I thought there was a few more than that. There definitely has been struggling, uh, has been a struggle. I don't think that you'd see the, the gap between four and 11 in the West being this close. Like they've been able to, um, so <laughs> jazz fan is asking for more chatting. Hey, so if um yeah we'll win the finals mvp instead yeah chan um definitely let's take the finals mvp hey so thank you guys so much for tuning in i'm really sorry that the camera ended up going out my charging cable must have had some issues with that so i'll make sure to fix that for the next one we've still got 28 people on so if you want to chat more please leave your comments in the chat and we will get to it but this has been absolutely amazing and the Utah Jazz are just special this year, and it's so fun to just see a historically great team from Utah. So, will the Jazz like me? I'm from Western Harvey. I don't know. I hope the Jazz like me. I don't think I'm saying too many. Ter- I don't think I'm saying terrible things, other than the fact that I want to see them, you know, stop turning the ball over as much. But they were plus one in the turnover battle this game, so that's awesome. Hey. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Dale and I can't say it enough. We really appreciate it. If you haven't dropped a like, drop a like before you head out. This has been a great um, night, and Dale will be doing Wednesday, Friday. So please come join him on the post game and go Utah.